Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Well, hello again, Agora community. Welcome back to another conversation with, we have someone on the stream today that I've actually wanted to have on for quite a while. Very interesting character. JF and I have known each other for quite some time, actually. Um, I mean, actually, like a long time, because it was back in ooh, the turning of the millennia, I think. We worked together on a project here in Montreal called Cayenne of the Prophecy. This was uh, a very interesting time. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's going to bring back all kinds of weird nostalgic memories for me because this, is, this was my first time in Montreal uh, working professionally. And I, I was... Um, this this production was uh, a very special one for a variety of reasons. I think the most, the, the biggest reason why it was important is because it was like the hot project. Oh my, my glass is all crooked. Um, it was the hot project at the time. All the animators in the city, that they, they, they all wanted to be on this thing because it was a feature film, a feature film, fully CG. And uh, that back then, like 2000, 2001-ish, um, if I remember correctly, it was around that time. Um, Jeff can correct me when he's on, but it was, uh, it was definitely early, early 2000s. That's for sure. And it was not, there wasn't a lot of that stuff going on, at least in Canada. So uh, just in general, actually, like if it wasn't Disney or like, you know, Pixar, there was not a lot of this stuff going on. So I got a chance to meet a very interesting cross-section of, of the talent in Montreal. It was a, some of the, some of the people I met then I'm still very good friends with. Uh, Jeff, I, I would definitely, um, I would include in that, on that list, although we don't get to see much of each other anymore, but I would still consider him a very close friend. And he is an amazing human being. Since then, we did work together a few other times. We were working on a couple different productions, but more, more, um, more notably, uh, Ubisoft. He, um, he actually was actually what they call the direct, direct, director de métier, and I'm doing a very terrible job, um, so he'll laugh at me when he comes on. Um, but essentially, think of it like department head. Um, they were the, the, the every department of crafts, like essentially, like uh, animation had one, art had one, you know, programming had one. Basically, they were the ones that were supposed to be fostering growth and like learning and networking and all the good things about trying to trying to support uh, a community of artists that are specifically uh, uh, aligned with a certain type of craft. Um, he was uh, doing that for a while at Ubisoft, and he he uh, he uh, was doing a lot of really great things uh, back then. And since then, he's kind of gone on his own. And he's done some very interesting projects, and um, and he's had an interesting ride along the way. So I think he's I think this is a perfect time to bring him in, and he can kind of give us a little bit of his uh, sort of first perspective telling of that adventure. So let's bring in Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Brad. Okay, first of all, how did I do with our history, and, and how, how was the history lesson, and 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 how was my 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 French? Not very good. I know the last <laughs> second the Your second French, one you know, was not very good. As always. Uh, Chapeau, Brent. Oh, merci beaucoup. C'est ah. trop gentil. <laughs> you, have, you have an accent I really like because it's, like, uh, it's super noble and super... Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I always yeah, I tend to be. That's it. <laughs> You've always said this. It's like I tend to be overly polite with, and when I speak another language, I want to make sure that I'm being very polite. You know, like uh, whenever I say "je vous en prie," people laugh their asses off because they're just like that is like definitely the way some fancy like Parisian would say thank you, and yeah. I'm like, oh well, you know, that's just how I roll, I guess. It's like you learned French with Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I did. Yeah, maybe I did. How do you know? Uh, uh, welcome history, to the your history lesson was uh, pretty good, I think. Okay, and it was so what, 2001, kind of. It was 2001. Okay, yeah, yeah I remember it was around that time. We saw the planes uh, crashing. So True, that's right. That's right. We had this afternoon, the whole the whole You're day right. was like everybody was sitting on oh, the screen. It was like, what's, right. what's happened? We were at work that day, right there yeah. down on like Rue McGill. And we were, yeah. no, not Rue McGill, it was like Beaver Hall, right? That's where the, that office was? McGill, McGill. Yeah. yeah, okay, McGill. So yeah. yeah, I remember that was the day that 9-11, that's right. Yeah. And we all, I remember hearing news in the morning on the radio and we all kind of showed up to work kind of like, what the hell's going on? And we couldn't work. We were paralyzed that day. There were some buildings that were even evacuated all across yeah. North America at the time because people didn't know what the hell was happening. It was yeah. all happening in real time. That's right. Oh, man, what a galvanizing moment that was. I totally forgot. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that, that definitely that definitely should uh, that should be the reason why I would for ne like never forget the timing. But that makes sense. Um, yep. Yeah. So so since then, <laughs> you've done many things since the towers yeah. fell. And um, I think that um, I, I think it'd be interesting for you to kind of tell some of that story, because I think uh, it's always interesting to hear someone who made a career for themselves as an animator, as an animation director, as an animation supervisor. You did lots of that. And then you got to the point where you sort of evolved to the next level, where you started to kind of care, like not not that you didn't care about production, but you, you started to think more about building teams and 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 helping helping organizations on a higher level and i guess that's what led to the first thing that you ended up doing when you left uh ubisoft you want to talk a little bit about that yeah well uh, it's true it's hard to follow um, <laughs> um <laughs> when i when i got to animation i really liked animation but during my first you know when when ubisoft got to got to montreal uh i was at the nad center Mm. So that was 96, 97. And, that was the uh, place to go back then in Montreal, for sure. For, yeah, it yeah. was a very popular school. It still is. It was the, uh, of course. It was 10 months. It was a private school, mm -hmm. uh, mo private school model, but there was a bit of college in there. And uh, uh, it was, uh, we were learning self-tomage. Yeah. And uh, we had some animation classes, some classes of everything. Mm. And um, when Ubisoft got to Montreal, they, they went directly to schools and they, they, mm went to interviews. So the first time I got an interview uh, with Ubisoft, it was at Nad Center and the Ubisoft mm. was non-existent in Montreal. Mm. And they asked, so what would you do? Would you be like modeler or animator? And I was like, uh, animator, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I was super happy because uh, for the whole career, I, I, I love animation. You know it, you know? Uh, yeah. I love animation. I love movement. I love motion. And um, to me, uh, you know, it's so so fun to observe people's movement and mm -hmm. their being, you know, and their posture and their. So I was really glad I did, and and uh, it was also kind of my in my blood, you know, the same way yeah. uh, many people is just they have it. So yeah. um, it's much easier to teach these people, and uh, mm -hmm. so it's just possible for everybody i think to learn but it's just so much work for some people and so for yeah. some people it's just a lazy piece you know so so Very i true. was uh, 
I was blessed. And um, so it was, I got there, I was the first uh, artist at Ubisoft. And so... Um, oh, I didn't know that. Guy, you were the first yeah. artist at Ubisoft? I did not know that. Yeah, in July, we were not even wow. at Saint-Laurent. We were uh, in an old bank. <laughs> the first <laughs> really, Ubisoft was in the old bank in old Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we were ten people, I think. Patrice Desley was there, like okay. the day before me. And yeah. uh, Patrice was the creative director of um, of uh, Assassin's Creed. Just in case people yeah. don't know who that is. Exactly. And uh, the guy who uh, interviewed me the last day, the the, the third time. The guy who uh, interviewed me uh, told me, "Well, we have no computer, but uh, take mine." <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I ended up taking. Wow. So, and so wow. I kind of had a head start also at first. Yeah. That, that's what it led to, you know. I had it because everybody else got in two weeks after. Yeah, and yeah. I was already. I knew my way around. You know. That's it. It made moved. a big difference. Yeah, like yeah. It's, two yeah. weeks is a huge, it's an eternity when when some when a studio is like first opening up shop, right? Exactly. That's crazy. And there were amazing talent. The, I don't know how they did it, but mm. they got to town and the, the people they, they hired, it's yeah. insane, you know? Yeah. All the they're so good. Uh they're they're still they're still, you know, leaders of the industry that they got yeah. right off the bat. That's it. And that's it. Now they're they're the ones running studios now, essentially. Yeah. Like their own yeah. studios. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of how and, it and goes here. Are, some people are still in production, but they they've got more than twenty years yeah. experience, and they are just like they. <laughs> it's it's incredible, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, so uh, because of all that, I, I got into a kind of a leading position super quickly for my young age, and uh, I think too quickly because it put me in a position where I it wasn't the same friendship with people as if if i was in a team you know so it, there was already kind of a hierarchy so mm. kind of it's not a regret but i think uh, it was a bit uh, early to go into mm. that uh, and, and also maturing artistically you know i was 20 and i was leading uh, i was art directing on on three projects so it was uh, and then um i'm curious and, i'm going to i'm going to put you on pause for a second cuz this is an interesting yeah. topic why why do you feel like it was too fast what would like what about that speed like wh like what is making you feel that way basically i couldn't manage you know i couldn't do it yeah, i was but, open to do it but um it wasn't the same dynamic with people around me mm. you know um, okay so you felt like because you 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 jumped into a leadership position so quickly that the peers around you were like, why are we just suddenly following this guy when he's sort of like at the same I level as us? Necessarily, but but I think the way I saw myself. So, okay, so it, okay. was, it was it was right. coming from me. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's why I wanted to ask. Yeah, we yeah. talk about imposter syndrome a lot on this this stream, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so yeah. I think that's probably what was fueling it. That was what or that's what I was I getting to. I, I'm, I'm sure I overcompensated. My hmm. my managing career has been swinging uh, a set of swinging. Uh, you know, I was over directive much mm -hmm. too slack and then yeah. whoop, you know and then at, yeah. at one point i started being more of a coach and my my dad actually uh, i chatted with uh, there was a crucial night uh, around the fireplace outside with my dad and he mm -hmm. he told me how you know uh uh he, he gave me a, a few cues and it it turned me into uh re being much more conscious about my way of coaching people i was mm. and i was always doing it but as I went, I left some things aside, like being directive or uh, being too accommodating. I, I started being very much more about the responsibility because everybody, everybody at work just wants to be uh, to go as as far as they can with the talent they have. 
They want mm. to be able to use their talent. That's what people want to do. That's, you know? that's the point. And yeah. If you can foster that <clears throat> and help people reach that goal, everybody's happy, you know? Yeah. And so, so that, and then I did a few productions like that, like swinging one and going much more where for, for coaching. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really know uh, uh, before I knew. <laughs> and then I started teaching because um, mm. at one point uh, the industry grew. So at one at one point, their electronic electronic arts got to Montreal, and then mm-hmm. uh, ADOS got to Montreal, and it was getting crowded, and yeah. it was hard to get by good juniors. And at that point, it was still private schools, mm-hmm. and there was no university. There was University of Quebec in Témiscamingue that started a project, <laughs> like a project. Of, and um, so Ubisoft said, "We're going to make a, a university." And then they, mm-hmm. they got approached by a college who said, we want to create, there's no training for being a level designer mm-hmm. because level mm-hmm. design just happened. That's right. And so we're, we're going to train level designers. So we started doing programs and we built program with the college. So Ubisoft, you know, uh, freed some people and said, yeah, go build programs with this college. And then we, we built uh, Ubisoft campus. Yeah, yeah. Which was a animation program, a modeling program, and then a level design program. And then I started was, teaching there. And it was connected with a couple of schools, right? Like there, there was a connection with Dawson College, but there was also a connection with uh, Cégep de, de Ville de Montréal, right? Like that was... Yeah, at first, at first oh, okay. for, for, for two years, I think, it was only Cégep de Matane, which is okay. 700 kilometers away. Okay. Um, and then... Colleges from Montreal said, "What are they doing on our turf?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> For sure, they get a little territorial. That's yeah. funny. And so they got in. Okay. And so, uh, but I loved teaching <clears throat> for five years. I, I loved it. Oh, and yeah. um, and by the end of that, before it ended a bit, uh, I told Ubisoft, "You know what? We, I see stuff happening in the in the class, and and mm-hmm. this helped my management a lot because I." I, I was really, really in a mentor position at that point. And I was learning so much from these guys. You know, <laughs> again, the classes were amazing. And mm-hmm. it was people from 18 to 65, but mostly 25 to 35. And I yeah. started at 28. I was I was starting teaching at 28. So I, it was French. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. It was such a big range because I think part of it was be- – I, I remember because Quebec was also using it as a way of sort of like a retraining program, right? Like they yes. were making sure that people had a, so you had some people that were like, it was their second or third careers. That's why you had yes. some, some, some people were much older. Some people were just going because they just, they were just really interested and maybe they were yeah. retired and they wanted to learn a new hobby or a new craft. Yeah. And yeah, I remember cause I taught there for a little while and I had a really, I, I, I witnessed that too, a very, very wide spectrum of of um, yeah. of of ages and demographics in that those classrooms. It was very interesting. And the first years, the first years of that, because there was a name Ubisoft on the on the banner, you know, Ubisoft yes. campus. Like we had so many admissions. For sure. uh, we For had sure. uh, one hundred twenty five candidates in one year, and yeah. from that we took we took fifty into interview, and we took twenty five in the end. So we also had very skilled people uh, to train. Right. Yeah, and, um, for sure. And, and do, you, you know, do you remember timeline was was this before or after Prince of Persia? Because I remember Prince of Persia, Sands of Time is the the one project that really 
Montreal, Ubisoft Montreal exploded after that because they were, it, it, it yeah. was very successful. And at that point, they really started scaling up their operations and they became much a bigger household name. Ubisoft was already pretty big, but they were mostly just a, a like a, a, a French, a French based sort of software company that was doing like, I think, you know, I don't remember what the titles were, I guess Raving Rabbits might have been one of their first ones back in the day. But uh, no, they, that, that came uh, in 2007, let's say. But uh, oh, did it? Oh, okay. I don't know why it came earlier. First big success in Montreal was uh, Splinter Cell. That was that came, uh, released... Splinter Cell was really it was before uh, Prince Persia. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, 2002. Sure. Because when I left for Kaina in 2001, mm-hmm. I was art director on Splinter Cell at first, okay. and uh, it wasn't it was nothing at that time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was just out of a Donald Duck game. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was directing a, yeah. a game with uh, with Disney right, yeah. uh, at Ubisoft, and then when I when we finished that project, Ubisoft bought Red Storm, who oh, was making Rainbow Six. So yes. they bought all the Tom Clancy franchise, and they okay. ditched the Rainbow logo, yeah. and they 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 switched for their new logo. So Ubisoft did a big change because before that they was they were much more family oriented. Yes. And then suddenly they, they bought Rainbow Six, you know? Yeah, not <laughs> a so family-oriented said, game, yeah. And we're going to make a game about Ferdishlan and this spy who's killing people, like he's, yeah. the, you know? And uh, so we were on that. But I was pretty much burned out, and I wanted mm. to change, so I left. And then Hugo Dallaire took on the art directing and did the fabulous okay. job. Hugo Dallaire, who is now the art director and one of the co-founders at Red Barrels. There you uh, go. And they That's did it. all the uh, Outlast games, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, just further uh, evidence that those people back in those days are now, that are still in the industry, are you are, are industry leaders at this point. Yeah. 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 And so Hugo made a, a super job with uh, Splinter Cell, of course, and, and was part of the success, actually. So so that was the first success of, uh, of Ubisoft. And at that time, when, when uh, mm-hmm. around that time, there was uh, Electronic Arts just came by the studio and just dropped some business cards on the on the sidewalk because they were hiring. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, Amazing. so that was 2000, mm-hmm. and Ubisoft Campus started in 2005, 2006. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's why by that point that like, Ubisoft was was doing quite well, especially locally, and so like people were like, well. If you're going to go yeah. learn how to do this, you know, this brand new sort of seemingly brand new profession, like the, what better place to go than the one that's sponsored by Ubisoft. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and so I was still deep into animation at that point. But after that, it changed completely. Wow. No, it's just that when I came back to Ubisoft, I said, I, I'm so I'm with these guys. They're learning mm-hmm. animation. I'm learning, too. And when I see two guys who have been working at animation for three months, they're learning. They sit together, and they their learning curve go like goes like that. Oh yeah. And so, what about peer learning? And mm-hmm. we are at that point. At that time, we were we were two thousand five hundred people at Ubisoft, and and we some of the guys were the best in the industry. Yeah. So sometimes you're sitting just across the best in the industry in that that field. Yeah. So what if we just made sure that everybody that needs to learn something could learn from everybody else? And so yeah. I was lucky, Francis Bayet, the uh, vice president uh, HR. HR, yeah. Uh, he believed <clears throat> in that and he gave me loads of time to develop a mentorship mm-hmm. program, an internal yeah. and, and And he really, he, he, he gave me conditions to make it happen. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super grateful for him uh, because of that. And then... Uh, 
And then for two or three years, we built a small team and this was a super fun time. And we matched about, uh, we created 200, over 300, over 200 pairings. That's uh, awesome. All kinds for animation, mm -hmm. but also for finance and for, for HR and for management. You know, and so after that, I left. You, you you created this amazing thing and then disappeared. It's funny. I just want to, before we go on to the next thing, I think I just want to touch on this really quickly because this, this comes up a lot. And I know you and I used to talk a lot about this back in the day, this, this idea that so many studios, like it's cause it's funny. Cause I get a lot of people asking me like, you know, advice on how to like, what should be their first studio, you know? And it's a complicated question to answer because you may not have a choice, you know, because it all depends on who's going to send you the offer. But, but if you do have a choice, how do you narrow it down? Like, which one you should choose. And I try to explain that it's, it has a lot more to do than just the salary that they're offering you. You need to be thinking about the, the, the big picture. And, and earlier in your career, the most important thing that you're going to be able to sort of to, to be trying to make sure is true is that you're in a product, you're in a, an environment where you're learning on the mm -hmm. job. You shouldn't have to stay after hours or do, you know, stuff during the weekend to do the learning. It should be like, just through osmosis, just doing the job, which is funny because we talk about the 2D animation industry back in the day. It was built into the system. It was literally built into it. You as a, as a beginner in the, in the field, you would usually traditionally start as an in-between artist and move your way up the ranks. But by doing that, even an assistant animator, you're working with an experienced animator's drawings. You're like, literally you get them and you're yeah. like, oh wow. And you learn literally off of those drawings. Yeah. Because you're working with their their stuff. It would be the equivalent of me being like your lead animator. I start the scene in Maya. I set the key poses. And then I hand it off to somebody that's a subordinate of mine who then has to work with that scene that's already been started. Mm -hmm. People would probably not like that very much. But that was kind of the way it was done in 2D. It, it, it was osmosis. Osmosis was, it the, was the osmosis. Right word, you know? yeah. yeah. It was Absolutely. not an I extra think, word. Uh, it was I happening we, on the job. Yeah. Uh, it. it yeah, to me, the, the two important thing, I, I completely agree. How much are you going to learn and mm. what team are you with? That yeah. would be just two criteria. Yeah. yeah, like what are you going to be working uh, on, essentially? And it's crazy how, you know, we've been we've known each other for uh, 20 years. Mm. We, we can celebrate 20 years today. Uh, like uh, it, it's almost that's 20 true. years. Like, and uh, I didn't know the first time I met you, you know? I didn't know. You never know. You didn't know what? No, I didn't know I would. They'll still know you in 20 years. No, after. that's true. No, you had you no idea at the that. time. But you it know. is. That, that's the fact, you know? But here we so, are. Here we are, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. That's fun. super important. But at that time, when, when I was teaching and doing the mentorship program, the big word that was always driving me was potential. So mm -hmm. it comes back to what you say also. You know, potential was a concept that just really drove me yeah. and uh potential in people and potential yep. of, of of what could happen and yeah so um anyway so when i left ubisoft is just because i wanted to go explore more experimental things that's what mm -hmm. that's why i left and yeah. so i i i started a, a company where i could just live off what i also do i didn't want to create mm -hmm. anymore for for money mm -hmm. i wanted to separate the income and the creative part because i mm -hmm. didn't want to have to create to please yeah i want to yeah. create because i want to try things and to uh, mm -hmm. so, uh and then as i started creating and being an artist uh 
I, I found virtual reality and I, I started really liking playing with virtual reality and not so much animation anymore or just not exclusively animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did some some animation research also during the mm-hmm. like, four or five years. And I did a, an arts master's degree, a digital art master's degree at, at, at the NAD Center. And uh, so I was really just playing with different concepts and trying things out. And and so it turns out that as I was starting to create more and more, I needed programmers again because I wanted <laughs> to put my projects further. So Natural. I created a company so I could hire programmers and I thought mm-hmm. I would do art with that, but mm-hmm. but I don't like to mix art and art and business. Mm. So I was super unhappy. I had a very rough year. Uh, life went down pretty much. And then it's because you found uh, yourself kind of back to square one. Is that why? Basically, you started you wanted to start this company to to avoid that. But yet just the way the universe works, it sort of brought you back there again. And you're now 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 what? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't about art anymore, you know, and then not only that, but there was a financial stress Mm -hmm. and all of that. And 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 also so I came to a point where I was uh, having a depression without really acknowledging it and Mm still plowing through and yeah. not stopping and becoming paranoid. You know, mm. I had, par- I was really, and I was not sleeping. So I spent oh, a no. year like that. Oh, I had so no idea. Yeah. 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 That's, That's why you know, girlfriend left and <laughs> yeah. all, all that yeah. story. Yeah. That was 2018. So, yeah. and then when I came back from that, it's just, I wanted to, it flipped. That's when the company took a more humanistic turn. Mm. Instead of trying to make art with that company and not, you know, not not achieving that, mm. I said, okay, I'm gonna do business, but I'm gonna do business for projects that make people happy. That's why. Yeah, that's cool. Which is yeah. funny, which is interesting, right? Because it's like now it's like because I think in your mind that's probably what art was supposed to do, right? You're gonna create art that was probably gonna make people happy, but now you're like you're like no, let's 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 skip to the end. Let's try to make sure no, what, no matter what I do. Yeah. that I'm sh- for sure improving someone's life out there. Like basically yeah, yeah. who cares what that is? Let's just focus on that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was that the, the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. So you, you feel like, so just, just, just making that shift in your mind, it changed a lot of things for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because the purpose, the, the purpose of what I do has always been so important, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. that's, that's, you know, instead of, being driven by animation. I loved animation and it had a purpose and then the purpose changed to potential mm-hmm. and, you know, people and then experimental, you know, mm-hmm. going back to art. That was the purpose of just asking questions and thinking to me, art is like philosophy, but applied philosophy because mm-hmm. there's an object around which you, you think. And so yep. that's why I wanted to not be in production. I wanted to use all these tools and skills for yep. thinking. And then, yep. Yeah, and then business, okay, business, but there, there's no purpose. So, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, when yeah. purpose started again, I had it. You know? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's sad that the commerce part of that equation tends to distract us from what is, 
you know, like, like the human part of that mission, like you said, right? Like that's, the, that's why I always, I'm always impressed by people that, that are able to operate efficiently non-for-profit organizations, because there's a very delicate balance that needs to be struck, right? As soon as it starts to be yeah. not about serving the actual people that you're trying to help, then like, uh, what, 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 what are you doing this for? It's like, it starts yeah. to like no longer serve the purpose. And most people yeah. get involved in those kind of things. That's the whole reason. That's like the, the raison d'etre to even being part of that right is that they're helping people as opposed to helping themselves or I trying hope, to just worry about money and it's like i hope i didn't uh bother people too much with the history part at first because this now no. is really interesting <laughs> yeah 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 no 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 it's good i think it's it's important to set the stage i i, I like it because i think people need to know because because here's the thing is I mean, you know, people in our community we have people from all, from all different walks like we have mm -hmm. people that are just starting out we have people we have a lot of veterans that just like to watch the streams and like no matter what no matter where you are in your careers the future is always something that people need to be cognitive of right like we had someone on not so long ago um that talked a little bit about building your brand um and and thinking about what's going to happen next like it was great he, he dropped a mental grenade on everybody and said look like how many people out there know animators that have retired and everyone's like, Oh, um, exactly. His point was that animation is still relatively new that we don't like, we don't know we're, we're all pioneers still. We're trying to figure it out. And do you really do, does everyone see themselves animating until they're in their sixties and or mm -hmm. early fifties and then retiring? Like, are they get like, like, does, what does that look like? What does it look like when you start to get, you know, I'm coming up on 50 and like, I'm starting to think like, what is it like, what is happening? Like my, my career is, 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 is definitely morphed over the years and I'm less hands-on a little bit more leadership oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but not everybody is going to necessarily be suitable for that kind of a role. So like, you know, like, so his, his point was, so you got to start thinking about the next, like what's chapter two look like, you know, what does chapter three look like? And, um, it's interesting that you we're, we're, we're seeing from you is we're kind of in a, in a very condensed period of time, we're seeing kind of this trajectory form. Right. And, and it took mm -hmm. you a number of years for you to finally get to the realization of like, wow, what, what really gets, like, I thought it might've been animating, but now having looked at it and knowing myself a little bit better, it's actually, it's actually, I could think all along, I was trying to communicate with people. Mm -hmm. And it was just animation was the one that I used to do that. And, and it's just, I mean, is, does that, does that seem fair? Like, is that maybe what you were maybe trying to do all along and now you just found a better, more direct way of doing it? I'm not even sure. I, I could be doing something <laughs> different in 10 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's three. Just, uh, right now that's what's happening. And, and I, yeah. I feel happy with doing that. And I feel yeah. that uh, I'm relevant doing that. And, uh, yeah. and I haven't, you know, quite, uh, understood how to do it completely yet, so it's still a challenge, you know. Just figure it out as you thing. go. At one point, yeah. you, when you don't have a, as much challenge, and um, mm. and and all that led led to that didn't lead to that. It was just mm. it, it wasn't a logic sequence. Uh, yeah. The uh, there was a progression, you know. The, the first yeah. the first few projects I was leading, I think I was a. Uh, uh, if I had myself as a boss, I was a <laughs> took it taken me and. Throw me out the window, you know. <laughs> if I, I, uh, I wasn't a, a great bus to have at first, and um, and now I think it's much better, you know. So mm. uh, so there is progression, but the, the logic sequence of what uh, happens in the career. 
Yeah, it does. Sometimes it's just about rolling with the punches and just just kind of adapting and pivoting, right? And kind of going with the flow, which it sounds like is exactly what you've been doing, which is funny because it seems like you've had some low points and some high points here. But I think the one thing that seems to be obviously true is that you were following your heart in some way. And yeah. so many people have will, will have or continue will will continue to work jobs that they don't love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they won't decide, you know what? Maybe I'm supposed to be doing something different and I'll try something else, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that most inspiring thing about this is that you, you decided to just be like, I think that there's something more for me and I'm going to just damn well go find out. So yeah, let's yeah. talk about this new thing then. Cause I mean, we've been kind of obscure about it at this point. So like, what is this thing then right now, right now. that you are focusing your time? Like, what was the, what was the genesis of this whole thing? Like start at the beginning of maybe like figuring out, um, you know, the product itself and like the actual service and then maybe like then how you're trying to use it to, uh, to improve people's lives. Yeah. Well, right now uh, we, we started a project uh, in 2020 mm -hmm. uh, that brings nature uh, in VR to mm -hmm. people who can't access nature anymore. Uh, yeah. Or I say anymore, but it could be that they never accessed in their life because mm -hmm. some people never went in the woods. There, yeah. there That exists. Uh, Very people true. that people that live <laughs> in a place uh, where you know some people in Montreal have never yep. you know kids kids sometimes there's some camps that invite ki kids that never went to the woods that happened that yeah. exists you know so yeah, and we're yeah, not yeah. conscious about this necessarily or not everybody is and also some people who are in a wheelchair a wheelchair that have always been in a wheelchair yeah. for uh, accessibility for problems yeah that happens. And so, and also, I, I spoke to some um, Inus on the on Cote Nord, you know, the, okay, yeah, uh, some some north, some, uh, some natives Quebec. that told me, well, we have some some of our elders were born in the woods, uh, the old-fashioned way. They were born before uh, natives were uh, sedentary, you know, yeah, and now they can't go to their ancestors' uh, lands anymore because. Right their legs were intuitive because they had they had diabetes you know so so yeah yeah it's there's a real um disconnect between nature and a lot of people so we're bringing mm. nature back to people and um that was created because in 2018 when i was dipping i was starting to I, we, we we had the company and and one of the projects that was pivotal is uh some uh psychology researchers that came in and said, oh, we need a VR company. We, uh, we need to, uh, we're, we're creating this therapy for social anxiety and mm -hmm. we need to expose uh, uh, patients to their uh, fear in VR. And so we need to expose people to groups in VR. So it's not mm -hmm. dangerous for them and they can stop at any point but it will trigger them, you know? And so we started playing uh, with this and we started working and collaborating with researchers and then oh, it was different. It was a project that really made a difference and okay, let's go this way. And how, and I was seeing, you know, we, I lost my dad uh, 10 years ago. And uh, so, you know, how, how, how it affects the family. And yeah. my, I saw how my, my mom was affected by that and we got much closer. And, uh, and I, I was wondering what could VR do for elders? And oh, yeah. I don't really like how our society treats older people, older adults. Yeah. And uh, so what could we do? What can we do, you know? And what could mm -hmm. I do with, with what I know? And what could this marvelous media of VR mm -hmm. immersion mm -hmm. do for elders? 
And mm -hmm. as I was thinking about that and getting answers with that, talking about with, with foundations, and I started doing some volunteering at um, a respite home for handicapped kids, mm -hmm. which is also a palliative care home for, for kids. And uh, I just wanted to drop a, a question at them and say, what could VR do for these guys? And, and so I got trained as a volunteer with them. And the project was, we'll just try some things in VR. We didn't, I didn't yeah. do anything in VR for them. I was just going to try things that exist and see, yep. you know, some of them are blind. So like, that doesn't work. Some mm -hmm. of them uh, doesn't have the, what is the good cognitive level of, mm -hmm. you know, disability that is, yep. okay, now it's starting to be okay. They can use VR. Yeah. And maybe I'm going to create an art project with them after or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it got to a point where I, I, they, they loved it. You know, kids loved it and they loved especially to see the world. And also they loved, there's one, that one story I, I tell often is a, a girl, she was 14 and uh, her blood sugar was going like that all the time, you know, as, as, and she was in a wheelchair forever. And then I, I found a, just an image for her, an image, a very pixelized image with no noise, no sound of a tropical island because she said, I want to go on a tropical island. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, after a minute, so said, it, was, okay. it was it was a 360 sort of like um, image. Yeah. So exactly. it, so by, in VR, yeah. the experience would be wherever she would look like she was in a static, but 360 yeah. degree environment, right? Yeah, under the sun yeah. and everything. On yeah. a beach with no no wave movement and uh so i told her after after a minute i say oh do you want to go in egypt and see the pyramids no 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 yeah. just leave me here a, a few moments more you know okay, okay. oh wow interesting and then, and then okay do you want to go now in egypt you know you yeah. things? No, no, would you would you shut up I just, yeah I'm, yeah I, i'm enjoying the moment. Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> so what we're doing with the, the project it's called toujours dimanche always sunday mm -hmm. yeah we we bring people like Everywhere, everywhere you go in, in this application is going to be uh, beautiful. Yeah. And it, we just stick the camera there. It's an 11K camera. And we stick it there and we film for 30, sec 30 seconds or, or a minute. Mm. And it's just going to roll into a loop all the time. It does, yeah. It's a seamless loop. So you can be mm. on the beach forever. And it, then you have motion. You have It's a movie. Yeah, exactly. And you have audio. And it's super high res. And then it's multiplayer. So you can be with somebody, somebody else, and you see their avatar, and you can. Oh, I didn't know that. that. And you can be away, you can be far away from your grandkids, and be with them, yeah. even though you're not, yeah. you know. Yeah, but you could be and with them at the beach if you wanted to, right? Exactly. Basically. Yeah, and then yeah. you can you, you get can to tell choose. them, "Wow, that's where I met your grandma," you know, and uh, yeah. start getting that because <laughs> yeah, totally. We, we work with uh, we work with different uh, institutions, uh, health institutions, <clears> and uh, among which uh, palliative care. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I go, uh, so I volunteer with some uh, palliative care uh, homes and mm -hmm. I accompany people with the application and it's a great way for us to develop and to be in line with what they need. And mm -hmm. when I, when I sit aside, you know, it's somebody who's going to die in two weeks and I don't know them, but mm -hmm. because we are on a beach somewhere or in a forest and it starts making their mind travel and then they remember things and it's important for them to say who they are, who they were and mm -hmm. who they want to leave, you know, uh, behind. And, yeah. and uh, so they start talking about super personal stuff. They don't know me, wow. but it becomes yeah. a, it becomes an excuse 
this, yeah, that's it. This, it's like a conduit somehow. Yeah. Yes, it's interesting. Yes. That's interesting. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that must, that, that must be very satisfying for you to be somehow interacting with people on such a personal level, especially considering what your mission was, right? Your mission was to bring technology into the world mm-hmm. of people who, who need it for some, for like to, to improve their lives. Do you feel like you're able to check some boxes in your mind now, as far as what you were setting out to do? But, uh, yes, uh, I mean uh, this is part of it. Uh, it also mm-hmm. drives the. Uh, I think the team is really uh, happy also when uh, to you know that we have a purpose. But yeah. um, I'm also happy to see how it can grow, uh, uh, overgrow. Uh, just me, you know. It, it, yeah. it starts being yeah. in the hands of others now, and uh, yeah, 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 exactly. It's like you started a movement. Yeah, it's it's really by it's going slowly, but it's still it's yeah. something that. Uh, and so, so this is one project, and then we're planning some some further projects also that mm-hmm. we want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, with elders, but also with others. And uh, it's just a question of saying, okay, so that that technology, how can we use it differently? Yeah, you know? Not yeah, yeah, exactly. But just for different purposes. Really uh, different because the people like the people who developed a VR headset for sure weren't thinking about the elderly, for instance. They were thinking about gamers and like exciting, high adrenaline, like immersive experiences. But it just so happens that same technology can 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 bring bring a whole other level of of. Although although what the first time I tried VR was in '95, and Mm -hmm. it was a Char Davies, a Char Davies uh, piece. At oh, okay. uh, the uh, Contemporary Art Museum in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and and what she had done was a full empty room, and you yeah. have a VR. <laughs> of course, it was you know, 95. So yeah. VR with big <laughs> wires, but you were also wired up so that your there was biofeedback. So it was super yeah. uh, innovative, you know. Yeah. And it was way ahead of its time, room. actually. Yeah. Because they're they're still trying to figure that stuff out now. Uh they're still trying to figure out how to bring that kind of level of immersion to like, yeah, the, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So there was a big tree in the middle of space and uh, you saw the roots and you, it was kind of semi-transparent mm. and based on your breathing and heartbeat, you could lower to the roots oh, wow. or go up in the leaves. And so it was all based on your relaxation. Interesting. So, it, you know, it's not that far from, and it was much deeper actually. So <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, because it's taking a bunch of bio biometric feedback, and yeah. and 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 um, bringing that into the real time experience that you're actually having in, in VR. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's so I mean, I, it, yeah. no, go, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just gonna say, I'm 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 pursuing now. I'm coming back to the art practice, you know, because mm. since the company is getting a bit more in shape. Now yeah. I can go back to art. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to do art besides the career mm. again. You know? Okay. Interesting. And, uh, well, it's, it's a different career. It's, it's two careers because I yeah. I had yeah. I did start um, showing my work a bit around the world, but okay. now I have to do it you know uh, just on the side uh, because I don't want to do it for the main purpose mm-hmm. of my career. Let's say. Mm-hmm. And so the one of the next projects I want to do is is uh, is close to that because. Uh, um, obviously, it had an influence on me. I want to yeah. do something with biofeedback and frequencies, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I think the immersive uh, uh, device is really, really nice to uh, to play with, with with 
what we output and mm -hmm. what we uh, all that goes on in our, inside us, you know, and to feed us, feed that back us to us, feedback, feedback mm -hmm. that to us mm -hmm. is really uh, super fascinating. Well, I mean, anyone who's ever used VR before will, will will know what I'm saying here when I say that it's it's it brings immersion to a whole other level because you are really truly especially with a modern day headset like um, like an Oculus um, or 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 a Rift. I mean, uh, sorry, a um, a um, wow, uh, what? Sorry, HTC. Yes, exactly. Like a Steam. Uh, what, what do they call though? They're called uh, Index, I think. Yeah. Oh, so sure. I don't have one, so that's why I don't know. But I, I have, I definitely have an Oculus, and because it's three D tracking the room, uh, or sorry, camera tracking the room, it, it can capture your movement, right? So yeah. you now have three dimensional sort of. Uh, some games you'll play, you're just sitting down, but you, there's some games that encourage you to be like mobile in a, in a hopefully in a, a safe um, space without yeah. anything to trip on. So yeah. this is just it really, really, really helps the idea yeah. of selling that you're there. So if you were to then somehow have that world react to you based on your like you, like you said your heart rate and these other things, there's all kinds of things that you could do that would really oh, amp yeah. it up yeah i mean yeah so uh, something i wanted to talk about because i because timing is interesting here like you said that this was all started back in the tw in 2020 and 20 early 2020 was smack dab in the middle of the beginning yeah. really of the, the you know the pandemic we find ourselves um still sort of trying to claw our ways out of but um i think that it's interesting because you said that the main mission was to connect uh, people who would otherwise not be able to connect to it due to some sort of accessibility issue, whether that's geography, whether that's economic, or whether that's like physical. There's lots of reasons why people can't connect with nature. Um, trying to connect people with nature, right? They can't otherwise do it. But it's interesting because what happened, of course, during the pandemic was many more people found themselves in the category of not being able to access places because there was a lockdown. So I sure. found it uh, quite meaningful that uh, that mm -hmm. that your company was uh, was was exploring the space of trying to try to bridge that divide because that's a divide that people who otherwise would have normally been able to be able to you know get to some of these places uh, sure. just simply find themselves in a situation where they couldn't and um, so it just goes to show you that it's like in you know accessibility is not necessarily um something that you think it is it's not just doesn't have to be physical it doesn't have to be economic it could be lots of things it could just yeah. be even even emotional you know like some people are just depressed and they can't get themselves outside and every time that they do they're like why did i know why do i not go outside more often because it's amazing it makes me feel better every single time so now yeah. yeah and it's it's funny because i mean i wish i'm, I'm going to make sure that people have links because i think everyone needs to see the beauty, like it's, it, we're just talking about it. So like, it's really difficult to connect. I'm going to play a video in a second here, but before I do, I just want to describe this, this, the, the scenery. I mean, Quebec, which is where we both live, um, is known as La Belle Provence, right? And, and it's funny because I wasn't until I ventured outside of the Montreal area that I realized exactly why it's called that. And it truly is unbelievable. Like it is unbelievable. You can travel north, right? Where you get into like well, that's it's where um, um, Tremblant, which is where a lot of people probably are familiar with Montreal if they're a skier, right? Because it's up in um, in in the mountain ranges in the northern part of Quebec. You could travel um, to the east and along the river, and it opens up along the Saint Lawrence River. There's like there's, there's Matan that's way out there, which uh, which is beautiful. If you, also out there is a whole other community of Quebecois people that live in like the Lac Saint Jean area, and it's beautiful. I've never I've only seen pictures. I've always wanted to go there. 
there. But that whole that part of mm-hmm. it, it's just unbelievable. So what I find interesting about like not only are you connecting people to these places, but you are traveling there. You are experiencing the people that live in these places. You're experiencing the places themselves. That must be profound. I mean, I'm on your Facebook feed, so I get a good dose of some of these places you're going. And I am blown away with just the just the images and the stories behind these places. So that mm-hmm. must be extremely creatively satisfying for you as well. Like it's a whole other layer to this whole thing, right? It was emotive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I, when I was sure. thinking of, you know, the pandemic started and I had a few projects I wanted to go towards. There was like, okay, so maybe VR and mindfulness and VR and, uh, uh, you know, palliative care and VR mm-hmm. and this. So I had a few and also maybe just going back to an, a, a plain art practice and just mm-hmm. ditching the company. There was That was also <laughs> on the table, you know. So I was thinking about it and I was I had a wall with all these. Uh, and <laughs> you know, the wall and was also travel more. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and well. So, Hmm. And so I wrapped up the project with a lot of, there's mindfulness, there's palliative care, oh, there's yeah. the elders, there's travel more. Oh man, all of them. That's Checked the all those boxes, baby. I'm <laughs> telling you, I, I am living vicariously through you because, and I mean, and, and so it's a little talk about creative too, because you are the one doing the filming, right? So, you know, yeah. on location, you often take a couple snapshots that are, there's one that you put out there recently that was like, I think it was a field of, of like, it was like oh, a field yeah, yeah. Uh, that the lighting it was like either dusk or dawn and the the dawn. golden light that was pouring on what looked to be like tall grass um or yeah, maybe yeah. even a wheat field i don't know what i was looking at really because it was it wheat yeah, yeah. okay I remember so you, it was you commented on it you said oh was, now, now that's a picture or something that <laughs> was crazy so now i mean naturally i'm i'm chomping at the bit to be able to see the vr experience of that mm-hmm. because i mean if that's if that's how if i'm if you could capture a moment like that with just a snapshot to like feel like you could live inside that moment in VR would be a whole other mm-hmm. thing. So people, I mean, a few so, moments I had a few sunsets that are memorable. Oh, there's oh, a there's a few places that were just the fog was perfect. Or ah, there was the the best sunset I saw was near. It was a, in Beige One Bits. Beige One Bits mm-hmm. is on on the Côte Nord, far away, you know, beyond Cetil. And um, I was on the top of a hill. Some people of the because I when I get somewhere I go see uh, the people who live there and I say, so where should I go? You know I'm doing this. Where mm-hmm. do you where would you go? And um, so one guy told me go on that hill. You can go through there and it's that's very remote. You know it's I it's love all, it. And this is the locals. Remote. The locals are yeah. telling you like the, the path to the special place. Oh yes. man, that's so cool. And so I I got to that hill and it started snowing at that time. Uh, so. Uh, and it was very uh, – I'm, I'm trying to get wilderness. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. nature that we don't really see yeah. what human in there. For so sure. I was – I'm always going out back. And so mm-hmm. I put the camera there, and the sunset started <laughs> catching a cloud of snow oh, that was yeah. coming in far of away. Course. I could see super far, and I it was just a veil, and it was pink. And on oh, the, yeah. that side, it was blue because it was sunshine. And there was wow. the village there. And then there was the river and some islands. And so, and over <laughs> half an hour, it changed It changed to pink, to orange, to dark gray with this, like a pink sun, to yeah, yeah. another layer of pink. But it was starting to snow like that. And it was below zero. And mm-hmm. and so the cameras, the camera didn't like that. No. And it was pouring snow inside the fan. And oh. so I don't, I don't have it. 
I don't oh, no. I tried oh, so much to you, get it. I was, you know, and oh, but you have <laughs> that memory. It's so vivid, right? Yes. It's the oh. best. I, I, I have pictures. I can show you pictures if I can share my screen. Yeah, you can it's totally. The the best sunset I ever saw. I'm trying trying to get some pictures now. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. what's yeah. funny about this is is that like this is kind of in essence what you're trying to do, right? You're trying yeah. to capture that moment so other people could come as close as possible to experiencing what you experienced there. Like it's like yes. this beauty of nature that is profound. You want to be able to share that with the world essentially, especially with those of people who really need it, especially for yes. those people who can't access it. And then now what you've discovered is people that just by presenting them with this kind of a, a a place that might provoke nostalgic memories is 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 during a time of 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 you know the final chapter of their life being able to like 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 let out things like that they they they, they might have bottled up otherwise all you know and, and brought to to unto their fortunate uh, you know end of life it's 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 I find that really interesting this uh, this these, the emotional impact it has on on the palliative patients okay I'm gonna I'm gonna sh bring your your screen up so people can see it let's do this so people can yeah there we go it could be the star of the show yep yeah, it's up so this was just uh, wow. you know, clouds on the on the back over there. And it was yep. coming in, yep. and then oh, you can man. see there's a, a bit snowflakes there that, that are falling. But so I was trying to get get some pictures to remember while I was trying to get the camera working. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, so you, is it all, what, uh, was that a bear? No. <laughs> oh God, that looked like a bear. I'm like, dude, that's, that's so funny. Yeah. So, okay, so that, there's a shot of your camera there. The camera you're using is yeah. it, is it an Insta 360 or what is it? What's the brand that you're using? It's an Insta360 Titan. Titan, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's uh, like the commercial grade 360. Or I'll take yes, off. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, I could have gone with um, a Pro 2. Pro 2 would have been better, actually. If I had an oh, investigator. Is, is that the next level up? The no, Pro 2? Below, just below. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. The Titan is 11K. Okay. And it's uh, about 15 pounds. So you oh, have wow. that in your backpack. And then yeah, you and you're lugging that into the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> And also, yeah. it's it's bigger, so uh, you know, it's harder to handle and everything. The Pro Two is 8K, mm. so 8K is still more than we can um, display on the Oculus. Yeah, I, I went for the Titan because I wanted to to be uh, you know in five years our images yeah, are yeah, going to be future proof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, what's important for those who haven't dabbled in 360, I've dabbled a little bit. I have just a little, um, I have an Insta360, but it's oh, like sweet. a... I, you, yeah, you do it, amazing pictures. One ex, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would say amazing, but I mean, I, I goof around a little bit with it. And it's it it's not like a pro level. The, the, the thing is, is when they advertise the resolution, it's super important because when, they, when he says 10K, uh, so you say 10 or 12? 11. 11, okay. Well, but, but 10, 10 right in the middle. So, yes. <laughs> It is 10 bits too? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so when you were talking about resolution, you have to remember that's the resolution that it uses to create the entire image. So yeah. you, when you, with the output image is obviously going to be much smaller because you're only going to see a fraction of that full sort of 360 sort of essentially globe that is created with this uh, this, this sort of technology. Yeah. So it's yeah. super important to go pretty high because if you want an HD output with really good resolution, then you need to be up in around the 11K mark because yeah. otherwise it's not going to be, it's going to get a little grainy um, like mine does because mine's only like two, I can't remember what mine is. It's something like 2.7K yeah, or something like that. The prototype we did for, like the prototype I mentioned in the, uh, the crowdfunding video we have, we can't use these images anymore because it was with uh, 
5.7k so it's mm-hmm. much too green you know it's not it's not it's, yeah. not it's not comfortable when you look at it so yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's been a real learning curve for me because i'm, I'm sure. a real-time 3d guy i'm a real-time 3d uh i like real-time 3d vr the thing you yeah. were discussing earlier you know yeah. when you can move yeah. around and pick some yeah, things yeah. up yeah and so this is the only projects we have that that is a 360 video mm-hmm. and there's other guys that are going to start shooting for us also there's a uh, patrick nado patrick okay. nado is a photographer from uh bose he uh he had kind of the same idea he wrote me uh last summer oh, because so cool. uh, insta 360 published an article about what we do oh and, that's great uh, so he saw that and he said well i, I was just thinking about doing that and uh, mm-hmm. i started shooting and i'm 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 going around schools and so hmm. he went to um uh british columbia and alberta this summer and he shot tons of images that we're going to put in the project oh, and we're going to have a lot of collaborations with and he's a he's really a, a super good photographer that that's his you know profession Stéphane yeah. Demel, that you know oh yeah i love this man he's Stéphane so Demel. prolific and his images are amazing oh, so he's gonna He's gonna pitch in with all his aerial shots. Oh, that's uh, great! It's it's gonna be amazing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I started goofing around too with my drone. I've been shooting some. Like, he's he inspired me. I started throwing mine up in the air to catch the sunsets. Sunsets by where we live, and it's like uh, I'd love. Uh, Stefan, he's such a great guy. It's funny. He yeah. interesting side note. Stefan is a, a man I would consider very similar to you because he also ended up. He was at Ubisoft for many years. He is a professional artist just like you, but he always seemed to tend to find himself in position where he's more interested in the meta, like how like like driving right. teams, teaching people. You know what I mean? Like he's so like. I I put, put the two of you guys together are going to be an unstoppable force. That's we were cool. at school together at NAB. Oh, so, okay. We're all started he, together. So he, he makes me think of my brother a lot. He, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So he's great. So, yeah. I love this man. Yeah. Okay, I have to get him on the show sometime. So, okay. Yeah. So I think this is a perfect time to show the video because so it's important to note that right now you happen to be doing um, an actual crowdfunding uh, for uh, a, a new project. I guess, I guess. And I'm going to, which is, which is all tying into this whole thing it's sort of a culmination so i'm gonna i'm gonna show everybody uh the video that is the introduction video um of that particular project just to get everyone some perspective on exactly what's going on like right now and i think it will uh it'll 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 sort of check some boxes on some of the questions that people might have at this point so one second hello my name is jean-francois malouin co-founder of super sublime thank you for your interest in our project total dimanche Instead of making a flashy sales pitch out of this video, we thought we'd show you how we actually work with our partners. The images you're looking at right now are part of a prototype we made during summer 2020, specifically for this man right here. This video was shot at Maison Saint-Raphaël, a palliative care home we work with, (laughs) and this man had cancer. Sadly, he passed away two weeks after this film was made. A few weeks prior to that, a therapist had told us how this man had regrets. He had never seen Ile d'Orléans, a beautiful place near Quebec City. Hmm. Do you want me to speak so over? So we heard that, and we intended to make one sec. prototype. Sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought if you want to uh, leave, keep it rolling, and uh, I'll, and I'll, let, I'll let the whole thing play. I think I, I think it'd be yeah? fun just to watch the you whole thing. It's, it's not, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll let the whole okay, thing play, okay. and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Uh, we thought, well, let's make one just for him. 
And so we went at Ile d'Orléans. We bought some cameras and we shot some images. And then we spent three, four weeks programming a VR prototype to offer him the Ile d'Orléans experience. The images we selected today are important in the process because our VR session with him actually influenced the end product. And this is interesting because it's how we work. We like to have a very open collaboration with people. You see here I'm using my phone with the casting feature of the Oculus so I can view what he is seeing <laughs> through his VR headset, which is nice, but it's limited. I mean, uh, I can't interact with him and I can't control anything. What I really wanted to do is to assist him because he didn't want to play around with buttons <laughs> or controllers or any user interface. So I was trying to guide him and help him out as good as I could, but the fact was I couldn't do much. And so that's when design evolved. We thought we had to make tools for healthcare professionals, volunteers, so they can assist people who don't want to bother with any user interface and really just want to enjoy nature. And so this moment with this man actually made our work evolve. And at the same time, we made his day and we had an impact on his life. So this is representative of our project in a nutshell. A very open collaboration and touching people before the end project is made. Well, since then, our project evolved a lot. This assistance feature we imagined that day, well, it's now fully implemented. We can now use a mobile phone or tablet to assist users in VR, whether they are just close by or at a distance, cities apart. And now we're going much, much further. We want to measure scientifically the impact our app will have on mental health. And to do that, we started a partnership with the McGill Mindfulness Research Lab. They will evaluate the effects of Toujours Dimanche on the mood and psychological resiliency of 120 older adults. That is why we call for your support today. We ask for your help to fund this research. And with your support, together, we'll touch a lot of people's lives for the better. Well, it's now in your hands. Um, <laughs> I hope you do answer our call. I want to thank you for your time and listening. I thank you for your support, and I wish you to be happy. Thank you. I'm telling you, Jeff, that is, it's, it's, I find myself kind of like, I'm very emotional. The, I, I just, the, 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 the seeing that man, like experience that and like, and it's, it's just so, it's so juxtapositional. You know what I mean? Like we, we often see older uh, generation people wearing VR and it's sort of like a joke, right? Because it's like, mm. oh, you know, grandma doesn't know how to be on there. She's super, she's on a roller coaster ride. And it's like to watch to watch him like like a child experience mm -hmm. this like for the first the way he kind of just eagerly looks around like he was surprised he was able yeah. to see this place that he's yeah. always wanted to go and he kind of brought it there to him yeah. i mean that's that this, is this guy he he had a bad day because mm. when you work with palliative care you never know how it's going to go and uh so he he was having a bad day his energy was low he hurt mm. And uh, so he just came back for, from a walk with his brother mm -hmm. and um, and we were supposed to meet him. Uh, he didn't know why. We, we, we kept it a surprise. We thought, oh, we're going to, you know, and we're not doing that anymore because we learned. We, okay, no, it should be <laughs> yeah. announced. And anyway, <laughs> we should anticipate and be expecting yeah. and, you know, sure. and be eager. But yeah. at that point, since we kind of uh, uh, picked, on, picked up on something that he wished, 
and we we did it for him you know we thought oh we're gonna but anyway we we he was expecting he was expecting our visit i met him before and we had a chat and everything and so he knew me a bit and uh and that day when i got to his room he was like and uh we we proposed him to to experience it and he was yeah okay maybe but uh, I'm a bit groggy and uh, yeah and at one point he ate his cake because <laughs> yeah. the therapist said oh you got a nice piece of cake there did did you eat anything <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna have it okay and then I'm gonna have another coffee and uh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. so and when he was set he put the thing on mm-hmm. and he lasted for an hour and a half in there. First time wow. VR, yeah. That's impressive because a lot of people don't last that long for the first time in VR. No, and so he, he kept, you know, he wanted to oh, go man. again oh, so and, cool. and just stay like, there. And, like and he was he was he was just sucked right into that world. Yeah, yeah. He had a bad day. He was yeah. You know, he knew he was uh, going away and everything, and uh, yeah. And he's just like he loved it. And after that, apparently, he was super excited for excited for two two weeks. He was talking about it all the time and oh, uh, yeah people were so generous when we when we shot that um people of uh, tourism around Ile d'Orléans helped us find best spots and okay. got us uh, hooked with some people to film there and everything yeah and then a musician played for us uh and and I, it was people were, were pitching in so much and well, so this is the uh, this is oh. the the uh the mobile version. So we have, we can be in VR, oh, but wow. we can also be in, yeah. uh, with our phone or tablet. Because this is a 360 can, video. Yeah. And Sorry. then, so this was a super sunset with, with crashing waves that oh, catch the, uh, the sun. And on the other side is, is, I'm trying to, I'm really bad right now, but there's these big oh, rock wow. formations. You know? And uh, so this was quote now. And uh, so <clears throat> if you don't have that, that many helmets, you can still assist people and be with them and you see their yeah. avatars in there and they see you, mm-hmm. they see the avatar, your phone. Like if you do that with your head, yeah. if you do that with your phone, it's, it's, it's your head in the, in the VR, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going like that. So it's really cool. so crazy. Like, I mean, it, it, uh, what, what inspires me, it's, it's just so easy to understand how people would get inspired by this and want to rally behind the 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 just the just the just the whole project like so yeah of course you show up there and you tell people what you're doing it's like who wouldn't want to like you know mm-hmm. like yeah. it's such a yeah. small gesture to just help find a spot that they it, like they're proud of where they live so of course they want to show you but even more so because yeah. they hear this touching story that you're doing this for this man and then of course yeah. the musician i'm sure they felt exactly the same way it's like it's almost like everyone just wanted to be a, a part of that celebration you know like man yeah. it's just yeah. it's just so touching on so many levels um, I, I want to make sure though, by the end of the stream and I, cause I don't think I got this, I got, I got the link to the video, but do you have a link that we can share to people? The, uh, the actual campaign itself, if people yes. are, are, um, are sure. so inclined to look into possibly supporting the project. Cause it's obviously a very noble of one. We, we if you paste it, support. if you paste it in the private chat, uh, Scott will take care of it and make sure he goes up in, uh, yeah. in chat. And we'll also make sure we paste uh, we, we, we make it accessible on our website as well. Oh, I'll, I'm putting the English uh, page, yeah. but unfortunately, there's a French one as well. Uh, yes, oh, but sorry. unfortunately, we cannot. Uh, it's it's a, a crowdfunding platform that doesn't allow yeah. for multilingual campaigns. Ah, okay. So uh, 
the um, how do you the, the direct that all the, the the UI is English, but yes. the uh, content is still French. Got it. But okay. If people I have think, questions, they can yeah. hit me up. And I'm sure people will be able to figure it out. I'm sure it's like a button that says donate, and uh, or at least looks like a donate <laughs> button. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong, right? That's fine. You're just sending your credit card information across the internet. Well, um, thank you for so, for sharing all that. Yeah. No, I mean no. Thank you. Like it's I, I I love I love that we were able to get you on here and and talk about something that is like what I found interesting about your story is that like it started out in animation, right? And and but like now look at what you're doing. It's just like talk about what what was your chapter two to what's your chapter three. It doesn't need it needs to be something meaningful to you and i, I just i find it so inspiring that that you have found something that is clearly meaningful to you and obviously very meaningful to other people it's just like i i, I see the future of this being like you know global like i mean this could start like so locally you're starting to see it already by people joining forces with you and then shooting mm -hmm. some stuff out in bc it's like what's next mm -hmm. all like mm -hmm. ideally you'd have people contributing to this project worldwide like why not you know like it's yeah, just, it could be so gigantic because there's of so much potential we, here next year what we want to start doing because we've been shooting mostly locally and yeah. then oh canada and but of course we went places from vietnam or but yeah. we're gonna ask people to send stuff and you know yeah there's a guy uh, there's a national geographic photographer uh in quebec who is doing some under ice uh oh man filming and yeah. he's, he said oh yeah i'll go take some oh, that's he it. just wants to volunteer doing it you know so that's it. the technology exists now like you know because you can have like lower resolution like you put a like a, one of my cameras like it's the the 360 insta 1x um oh, yeah, that yeah. thing is pretty small and you can put a dive proof cas casing on it attach yeah. it to your head and go underwater yeah. it's not going to be higher resolution is what you're getting out of the titan but it's still something it's still yeah. like it, it gets the job done and gives you an experience you otherwise would not be able to have we, we he knows a guy who does who makes casing you know waterproof okay. case so yep. we're gonna try to make a waterproof case for the titan for the titan oh man that's <laughs> if so we cool. have funds <laughs> if yeah. we have yeah. money to do it but uh yeah yeah uh, otherwise crazy. we're gonna find another way but uh, we're gonna yeah yeah i'm surprised they haven't done that yet i'm surprised insta 360 hasn't uh no my i i'm in i'm in contact with the people at insta 360 and uh yeah. i asked and they don't have anything no nothing on the uh, on the horizon well, when uh, when in doubt, do it yourself, I guess. Huh? Exactly. Um, I think this is a perfect time to kind of segue a little bit into questions. We only have about, uh, I guess, what is that, tw uh, 17 minutes left. So let's, a perfect time. And look, Christine's in, in, in chat. I don't know if you see her. She's, she's, she's floating around in there. She's got a question. Oh. <laughs> there she is. Um, so I'll ask her question first because I'm biased and because I love her. Um, do, do elderly express some feelings of dizziness when it does dizziness when I'm wearing Oculus? Is this a challenge for you? Like the, I guess the interfacing of getting people that are older, not used to that kind of tech, because yes. I know that myself, I get a little bit queasy if I wear VR for too long. So yeah. have you had challenges in that is, area? This is worse with uh, 360 video than it is with uh, real time 3D. And mm -hmm. it's partly why I prefer real time 3D. Uh, in VR, but um, no, not that much. Because we have rise, high resolution, high resolution is easier on the eye. Yeah, camera is stable. The camera is we, mm. we keep we, we, we've done a lot of experimenting with the cars and bikes. I bet no, so camera <laughs> stable. If it's not stable, it's in it's on a drone and a drone that's right. super far from the, uh, yeah. From the yeah, and yeah, yeah, very uh. 
and there's no acceleration, no deceleration. That's important. Right. So we right. have methods, but right. since the camera is, is stable, and you've you've discovered this like by just doing user testing. Basically, you tried things, yeah. didn't work out so well, and now you've exactly. kind of narrowed it down to what works best for the for the the demographic that you're aiming at. And, and knowing that some people are going to be subject to uh, prone to prone to dizziness, or you know, because some people are sick, some people are not used to it. So <laughs> you have to be super gentle. So that's first, and then also we are careful, and we we actually train people in long time care and we train people in palliative care mm. to to accompany uh, uh users and one of the thing about the training is what to look for at first first you, you have to tell them if if you don't feel right say it don't yeah. try to uh maintain yeah. because it's gonna don't work. push through it yeah yeah no, it can end very it. poorly yeah so so that's one thing at the same time <clears throat> just express the fact that there might be some discomfort but don't don't scare people, you know, because you don't want to generate the fear in them, but you have to look for it. And then when they put it on and everything, make sure they're comfortable and look at their face. So we are aware of, but we have very few people who have issues. Okay. Like, That's almost good. None, almost none. No, wow. but we are, He's, we are looking I, for it. That gentleman did not seem to have any issue at all. He was in there. As far no. as he was concerned, his room transformed into that, into and, that and very location that he dreamed about. We did a poor job. We were so afraid that he would react bad because he had mm. a bad day. And yes. he felt a bit queasy. He felt a bit yeah. queasy before. Oh, boy. That we scared him. And he was like, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, and yeah. That's point, it. He, put, he took his coffee and he put like, I'm going to put some anti-vomitive in there. And then, <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm ready yeah. to rock. Oh, I love it. I love it yeah. so much. I just like, I, I agree. Christine was also saying that. What did she say? She said, she says, I just, I just wanted to give that man a big hug. Cause it was deeply touching. It really, like I literally almost broke down watching that video. Yeah. It's, and I'd already seen it. So that just goes to show you just how, how emotionally provocative it is. It's just something about just seeing, seeing a man at the end of his life kind yeah. of still have like that, 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 that technology and the story and the project was able to bring out the child right there yeah. i saw the child in him alive and well in that room with you looking yeah. around excitedly um at the world that was sort of virtually around him it's just uh, that, that is so meta to me when it was playing you know i've, I've seen it hundreds of times hundreds of times and uh, i grinned I, at one point i grinned because uh his pose you know he had his legs crossed like that super relaxed and <laughs> he almost looked like a dandy which he was not he was not a dandy at all but um when I really, after the moment, when I was looking at the videos, like several weeks after, I noticed that sometimes, sometimes he was falling asleep in his, no <laughs> sometimes way. he was like, like, just, you don't see his face. So he's just like, oh man. And then, <laughs> so he was I mean, super relaxed. Super, super relaxed. relaxed. Exactly. Yeah, oh yeah. man. That's so I, interesting. But I, it was such a, yeah, nice moment with him. He was a, a good guy, you know. That's super... that's special. That's special. Yeah. Did it yeah. did it take a toll on you though? Like, I mean, because I I can imagine because I know that a lot of people work in that area that are like professionally trained. I know that you were trained as a volunteer, but like working with people in, in that sort of that kind of environment can be very trying emotionally for people because it's it's um you know it's it is yeah. what it is, right? Uh, when I was with him, I was trying to be mostly, you know, present and uh, mm -hmm. uh, 
I wasn't there. I wasn't there to uh, send him back, send send him back this image or this moment of. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was there for the other purpose exactly. You know, just just be there just because yeah. life is happening. Life is happening. Yes, it and, is. Uh, he was also super. Um, he was he was positive and he was he loved life. Um, mm. And I I don't think it was always the case for him, but during that phase for for. He had he had such a crave for life, so it was mm. enlightening, you know. Yeah, uh, not enlightening, but there, uh, it was it was beaming. Mm. Um, when I knew he passed away, uh, and for the whole team, it was uh, it was uh, even though some of the team you know team didn't meet him, but uh, we were touched, of course, to learn of about course. it. And I I often you know think about uh, him. Um, I would imagine. And I, I knew uh, uh, several people. I'm still going to meet the family uh, next week. Uh, they asked for, uh, they saw what we do, and they asked yeah. for, okay. for, uh, for it for their their dad. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's it's super uh, intense and poignant, but at the same time, it's it's really about real life. It's oh yeah, this oh, is for real sure. life. Yeah, and but then so, just just you know, it's it's it's. It's just some people can weather that better than others, right? Because that kind of, you know, when you're dealing with life in such a raw form like this, um, mm-hmm. it, uh, it it's 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 something. So I don't know. I you're some people, a stronger man than me. Sorry, was that? I saw some people who are who's, who who no, some people were our age, you know, mm-hmm. and they they had the the, uh, the bad luck of of getting cancer, and uh, yep. um, some had just had a baby, and they yeah. were going through oh, yeah. that. So there's all sorts of of different kinds of uh, oh yeah people you bond with you know an old lady that you bond with more for sure um i've, I've got a friend uh, a programmer who uh, in the industry and during covid he was working at his job and during the weekend he went into the uh, chls the, the uh, mm. long-time care the yep. nursing homes yep uh, he answered the call of the government so mm-hmm. he did his training and he went and he went he went helping and he was telling incredible stories about how he was bonding with the uh, oh, yeah. patients and uh, yeah, big heart. I have a gigantic soft spot for the elderly just because I'm just fascinated by the wisdom and like the, I mean, they've, you know, like they, they are our elders and they, they've, they've lived life and um, you know, they could teach us so much and it's, it's a, it's a pity that society tends to just put them kind of, over here in the corner and like, because, you know, they slow us down and all these other sort like, it's like, really, that's, that's really how we, and I mean, obviously the pandemic obviously shone a really bright shining light on, on that problem because we mm-hmm. saw how that mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, the consequences of that kind of, 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 mm-hmm. um, you know, prioritize or deprioritization of an entire demographic of people is, is not exactly, uh, didn't work it's out huge, very well. It's a huge, huge issue in question. It is. It is, of course. Toujours Dimanche is not going to be exclusively for elderly no. people, or you know. But yeah, I get that. We're, we're trying. We're trying to make it happen for them. That's why we put yep. so so much effort around that. But I would be I would be somebody who would like to have uh, <laughs> totally nature, you know, like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're your own client, basically. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so <laughs> like anybody can benefit. We're trying to uh, make something that we would love, mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh, instead of making something, you know, for them that 
it's, it's, it's not second class, you know, mm -hmm. we're making mm -hmm. it with the highest quality possible and we're making it because we'd love it. And we know that <laughs> they're going to love it because they, they were us 40 years ago, <laughs> you know, they, exactly. they had our age. They were, or they were, they were our age. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got another question here and um, yes. it's perfect because it's, it, it touches on a, to a topic that I wanted to get into as well. So it's perfect. Um, Petar, who is one of our more uh, prolific um, um, audience members, um, thank you, by the way, it's not, a, that's not a jab at you, by the way, Petar, he's always asking the good <laughs> questions. Uh, question. I only recently joined back. So, okay, hold on. Let me just get to the point. Um, where do you see the future of VR, you know, medical training, countering phobias, the metaverse, like in your mind, because you're, because you're experiencing VR, like, you know, where do you see, for instance, what you're doing now? What's the evolution of this? What do you, what are your dreams and aspirations as far as what you could bring to the table that are going to increase the already gigantic impact that it's having on the people that are that are experiencing it. I think uh, the future is going to be closely uh, linked with the uh, device future. Uh, mm. And to me, yeah. uh, to me right now, we're at the stage that's comparable to the computer, the desktop computer, mm -hmm. whereas everything happens much more here right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so because it's portable, because because it's it's uh, intertwined with our lives. So when yeah. VR or AR or all these R's. Give me a merger, be, I think, between the two. Yeah. When they're going to blend in more, and I yep. think it's going to be because of a device, mm -hmm. and and it's going to be just a, a dimension layer on top of mm -hmm. the uh, material dimension. So mm -hmm. notice mm -hmm. that in reality. <laughs> so there's <laughs> going to be the material dimension, and mm -hmm. there's going to be a layer or layers of, of digital on top of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be woven in such a... In a seamless way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then so in terms of content it's going to be just like anything mm -hmm. but i think uh when we get to that point it's going to be it, it's as frightening to me it's it's uh it's as frightening as interesting uh, intriguing and uh and it's very close to uh post-humanism even mm. though it's not and maybe it's going to be biological i was going to say maybe it's going to it's not going to be uh, bio, biological post-humanism, post but it's going to be a post-human era where the material isn't the only dimension we're in. We're going to yep. be in a very complex set of dimensions. Yeah. And uh, But I think it's going to touch on the biological because I think part of the answer is going to be nervous. Mm. I think uh, we're going to be much less reliable, uh, much, more, much less reliant on, on external devices and it's going to be much more internal and uh, we're going to tap into our nervous system much more than our sensory system at one point, mm -hmm. maybe not tomorrow, but yeah. I think well, the digital is going to go that way. You were already touching on this, right? Like the idea of possibly doing real time, you know, you know, meta or sorry, um, biometrical uh, feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen research done on, on, um, on re reestablishing sort of, um, uh, nerve signals to uh, yeah. people who had nerve damage in a limb and yeah. um and using sort of this kind of technology and and being able to like provide like like i'm try i have to try to remember exactly what i saw i saw this amazing um dive deep dive on on this this sort of experimentation that that had to do with using vr and other sort of real-time feedback mechanisms that allowed people to retrain their brain and their limb to function 
um, again. And it was just because it it's like the body almost because you can trick the brain. Like it's literally what VR is doing to you to it believes it's it's real. And so exactly. by if yeah. it believes it's real strong enough, it's like the ultimate placebo in a way, right? It's like it's it's able to provoke. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Neurofeedback. Neurofeedback. Yeah, and it, yep. this, this is getting this is getting to be a big trend. Yes. And um, I, I read some uh, some researchers about the, is it Kevin Warwick, Doctor Warwick? They call him Captain Cyborg. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he uh, he's in the United Kingdom Kingdom, and mm -hmm. he's a researcher who's uh, 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 plugging in different uh, <clears throat> digital components in his body, and his students are doing the same. So he's got a student who uh, had a chip that could sense uh, heat, so he could. Mm -hmm. Just sense somebody was there wow. like that, you know. So wow. bringing other sensory. That's, uh, hmm? that's a that's amazing. That's just that's yeah. exactly it. Like sort of compensating for maybe a lack of a sense by yeah. by super giving superpowers to existing senses, basically. But Warwick started doing some telepathy also because oh, at one point he said, "Okay, so this nerve here mm -hmm. is kind of a nervous highway, super mm -hmm. simple but super high digit, and mm -hmm. so." He put some electrodes um, in his arm, and mm. there was a hand at Columbus University in the States, and he was in Great Britain, and he started manipulating this hand through the internet, just yeah. based wow. on no other signal than just his nervous system. Then mm -hmm. he went one step further, and this is the next step he took is 2012, so it, it's 10 years ago almost. Okay. The next step was to put 100 electrodes in his brain, and he okay. took himself as a as a guinea pig because he didn't want to do it to anybody else. Yeah. And he put uh -huh. some electrodes in his wife's arm. Okay. And after a few months of training oh, and discovering what was a signal, she could signal him some things with just like activating her nerves, like her nerve there. Wow. And he was receiving messages that weren't words. It was just like blips or what is it wow. he had to feel for it. He had to learn what, what that new input was. And so in 2014, I think, he was looking for a, a partner to try brain to brain. So I don't know where that, you know, I haven't read his research since, but mm -hmm. at the same the time, Google, Google X was deciphering dreams at that time also. Oh my God. Google X crazy. was, they were catching images from a brain scan. Uh, they showed some painting like Mona Lisa to some mm -hmm. subjects. Mm -hmm. And they, they they told the the patient okay so just remember the painting and mm -hmm. they could catch it it was a very bad wow. resolution yeah. image it was crude cloudy but you could clearly see he was thinking about mona lisa wow. and this is again about 10 years ago so imagine so can you only imagine where it's going to go? I know. I just saw a Vice yeah. article on something similar where they were experimenting with like like beetles. They were using insects for these ex experiments, and they were sending electrical impulses into sort of into these these the, the I guess the cerebral cortex of of an insect, and they were able to literally drive them remotely. Remotely, they were able to send signals to their legs to this to is like. 
like it's like yeah like this is not even sci-fi at this point anymore this is like I mean, the, the real deal like we're living also, like a lot of ethical questions but yeah no it does for sure for sure i think that's why they were obviously using insects i totally agree but i mean yeah. i think that the, the the potential here was not to create some army of like insect spies yeah. i believe that the idea was to 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 experiment on on insects in a way that they can understand this mm -hmm. kind because i think that the application was meant for people who have nerve damage and and would yeah. like to kind of reestablish connections to um to some of the limbs that they might have lost. Can you imagine getting yeah, suddenly yeah. access to your arm again just because of this technology that involved uh, remote controlling, uh, you know, dung beetles? It's crazy. Funny how like VR brings these subjects up. I was in a podcast uh, like just beginning of the week, and the questions that uh, uh, the, the radio had was also around like uh, okay, technology and is it is it good? Is it bad? You know, and um, the whole. Uh, <laughs> the whole dilemma bit between uh, technophobia and technophilia and uh, so when we're speak when we're talking about post-humanism because this is this is all post post-humanism mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. i'm really uh, critical and cautious at the same time i don't want to uh, push it aside because i think it's um, technology is, uh, is 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 also you know it's part of progress yep yeah and yeah. we have true. to make sure it keeps and on the progress side, as you said, you yep. know, with for new limbs or of there's course always, I know? know that's the problem with technology is there's always, there's always bad actors who are going to use it for the wrong ways, but then it's like, you have to weigh the pluses and minuses. I think nuclear technology yeah. is a perfect example of that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it's just, that's unfortunately that's, that's the dilemma we, we live as humans, I guess, is that, that um, with advances yeah. always, you always take the good with the bad and hopefully the good exactly. will outweigh the bad. That's all we can ever hope for. As for um, Petrarch's question, I think the VR part of that mm -hmm. is about perception and sensory uh, experience, so mm -hmm. phenomenology. So the, the whole part of that is covered by you know, immersive this and that. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where VR's future is, the immersive mm -hmm. part or the experience part of, of how we are going to experience the digital or the post post humanism yeah i think yeah. Uh, robots at one point yeah, at one point is going to be we're going to be done with with uh trying to make robots aesthetics uh, aesthetic we're going robots are going to have a function yeah, <laughs> and for all it. the expressive or aesthetic <clears throat> we're going to see it digitally in a kind of a holographic uh, yeah. immersion that we have, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's funny. Star Trek seemed to have that right a long time ago with their sort of their, was it Star Trek, the next gen? No, not the next generation. It was the more of the more, uh, more of the more recent ones. Um, the one where they're, they're uh, Voyager, where they're actually stranded on some other end of the, of, of a wormhole. They have like okay. a doctor character who is like a holographic projection of a computer. Basically, okay. why try to physically make something that moves around in the real world? It's like yeah, the yeah. AI is going to be advanced, try, trying to, trying to like, you know, make it physically look like a real person is a fool's errand really at the end of the day. Like mm -hmm. you're saying, it's mm -hmm. like, why even bother? Just find other ways of, of doing that in a more, a more a straightforward fashion. You know, I, I can't, 
radio control car with a with yeah. a, with an arm that can pick up your your cup if you want. But yeah. the whole thing, <laughs> the whole rest is a AR. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's uh, we don't need to see. It doesn't need to look pretty, right? I yeah. I can't think. To, I can't stop imagining the kind of the kind of stuff that you're working on next level. Being like you already said, it's multiplayer, right? That's something you can do is experience it with the other person. I just when you see what like Facebook investing a lot of money in the metaverse, I I I. I like the, the, the cool, beautiful, because I mean, metaverse, a lot of people have a lot of hesitations and reservations about this as well, right? For obvious, obvious reasons. But I think the good that can come from this is imagine being able to share the kind of experiences that you're creating, but you'd be able to share them with your loved ones together, where you can be there together and witness mm-hmm. this amazing place together. And like, you know, imagine, I remember, you remember there's a movie a, a long time ago, it's called The Cell, where people could go into the minds of other mm-hmm. people during, while they were dreaming. It's sort of like, in a way, imagine, I, I can't, you felt frustrated, I could see in that room, and the way you described it, being in the room with this man who's experiencing for the first time, all you want to do is guide him. Imagine, fast forward to a day where you are in there with him. You're mm-hmm. just there and you can take his his hand and be like, let mm-hmm. me show you around. Like this mm-hmm. to me is just like, it gives me shivers just thinking about it because I know we're going to get there. We had a, we had a project uh, last summer. We, 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 we had a project with uh, the Fine Arts Museum of Montreal and mm-hmm. a few museums. And we were making um, a VR app for classes with uh, learning disabilities and um, and we thought, okay, so it's going to be museums showing content to a class. So there's going to be a mediator from a museum um, animating a class. And everybody's going to have a helmet. So we used our Tejol Zimash technology mm-hmm. to, uh, to have like 10 or 12 people at a time with helmets and all in the same. You know, so you, you saw all these avatars and we discovered all sorts of problems with that because mm. a class, a bunch of people... <laughs> bunch of kids being avatars yeah. in a VR world yeah. you know it's like woo what could possibly <laughs> go really, wrong right it was mm-hmm. really fun though and, I would uh, imagine and to 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 bring them to get into the experience instead mm-hmm. of clear cut you know we had mm-hmm. a ritual a ritual at the beginning and the ritual okay. was you were inside the forest it was real time 3D mm-hmm. just a dark forest almost no light and there was some particles at the middle with a, a little bit of light and mm. everybody had to hum oh. the whole group oh, cool. together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when they hummed, you know, at one point, the particles got like bigger. Oh, that's so bigger. cool. And then you hum like louder, but too loud, mm. whoop, it falls down. Oh, that's but so awesome. Loud, just just yeah, loud yeah. enough, it gets up. And then at one point, more particles, and then you can loud, oh, louder, louder. You just and blew my mind. Stars, you, you, you put the stars in the sky in the end, you know? And so, oh, man. Dude. This is crazy. When I was a camp counselor way back in the day, this is something we used to do for the same reason for kids. Uh, Big group of them and they're at a conference and we're doing some sort of like we're we're doing some presentation of some sort, but everyone's talking and chatting. You can't have to get their attention. The best way is to get them involved immediately. And so what we would do is we would do these really cool things where like uh, we would create like um, thunder, the sound of thunder that would travel through the auditorium because of what they're stomping their feet and then clapping their hands. And I've seen some people, some professionals guide a group of people doing this and it's unreal but the idea of doing that in a vr space is yeah. just like i it just you just put up like that's crazy because that's you essentially right. just did that you just you just described the sort of the vr version of that experience because now you have real-time visual effects that you can use to like literally give 
uh, visual feedback to the crowd goal of trying to sustain yeah. a note or sustain a volume for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Oh, that's so wicked. That's so, so cool. You know, being together in a body, you know, with mm-hmm. people in VR. Yeah. That's VR, it. which is that super individual stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, no, no, you can be together. No, that's together. it. That's it. Like the inter- like just to think that like the 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 ability to interconnect people by doing mm-hmm. that because I mean when you're at a conference in a physical space doing that that moment together that you feel connected you're doing something together to achieve a common goal and that feels inspiring it feels like um, bonding it's 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 powerful right yeah. and imagine yeah. doing that like but do we be able to do that to anybody in the world as long as they have access to this VR space yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Oh, it's, it's, uh... Yep. The future can be bright if we chose if we so choose to build it that way, right? I guess that's the we question. Could, we could have just said that, and that would be a <laughs> that would have been the show. Hey, Jeff, um, uh, welcome to the show. Do you have anything to say? Yes, we can build the future, a very bright one, if we choose to do so together. Okay, that's it. Mic drop out. Bye-bye. Well, Jeff, it's a perfect time to wrap this up. Um, I um, I do I just I there was one I just don't want to ignore Richard because he had something here at the end to say. So let me just do you mind staying for like two more minutes just to feel yeah, this? Okay, and then we'll I do this really quick. It wasn't a question. It was more. It was more just I think an experience here. So it sounds like I, Richard. I don't know if you're still around in the chat, but it sounds like uh, his father experienced VR, and it sounded like it was something from VR, but also including ambient sounds for the elderly. Um, I, I assume that the video you're shooting because you're shooting 3D sound as well, right? The, the the Titan actually captures a sort of some sort of like we have an audio, right? Mic. So we have an ambisonic mic, but okay. we rare, we rarely use it. We we find much better sound on the internet and we have an audio mm. di- designer who recreates okay. sound with crashing Interesting. waves there. And okay, birds. okay. To layer and things in, it. yeah. Yeah, she does the research to know, okay, so what kind of birds in that part of the world? Okay, oh, that's so cool. Oh, okay. That's she good. Just it. to sort of dress it up and layer it in there to kind of complete the experience. Yeah, it seems like Richard's uh, dad, um, I don't know if it was the audio specifically that that, that threw him off, but um, did you find anybody like during your your experiments or you know, your experiments, that, does, that makes it sound bad, the user testing, did you find that the the audio had some any kind of, um, was the audio anything that that complicated things for people or was that maybe? No, no? we... We we try to use audio uh, very in a, mm. the best way possible because mm. um, some research uh, showed that uh, a lot of people actually specialize themselves by their ears mm. and not the visuals. So interesting. If, if you take uh, audio out of an immersive experience, some people have a hard time uh, being there. You know. Interesting. So, so it's yeah, it's really interesting. Um, the audio part that is tricky sometimes is when you are close to the person you're multiplayer mm. with and you mm-hmm. are talk, talking and they're hearing your voice inside, but with a delay. That's it. Yeah. So oh, this is hard right. because there's a nickel. So yes. we, we, we put a slider for the voice separate mm. than the, the sound effects. The so delay is due to latency, I assume, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 The, mic the internet latency. latency. The server. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but hmm. besides that, uh, you know, they can play with their volume okay. and uh, we help them at first. And after that, uh, no, there, there's no issue. I, w- I would be surprised to know uh, what issue uh, Richard Richard uh, experienced. Or yeah, his, uh, I don't know if Richard, you're still there. Do you want to add a couple more details? I don't know if he's, he's still around. Uh, if you are, now's a good time to drop it. Um, I'll give a couple minutes to discuss or to figure it out. If he doesn't mm-hmm. come back to us, I'm going to assume he's not there anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Um, 
Jeff, I want to thank you uh, today because this is a very special stream for me because it was uh, very touching. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's sort of showcases a man who's been on an artistic journey, started out in an animation world, finds himself in a very different world. Um, um, but I, it, the, the, the million dollar question would be, would you find yourself where you are now if you didn't start in animation? Who knows, right? Maybe the yeah. animation was, was the launch pad that brought you sort of the, that started this whole arc yeah. of yours. Yeah. So it just goes to show you that everyone's on that arc and that arc doesn't need to be just because you started doing one thing. Does it mean that that's what you need to finish doing? doing um mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so well, such as you also you know it's uh, like you're you're closer to animation but at the same time you, that <laughs> that's i don't i don't animate that's right like i mean i do sometimes but it's it's and i and i, I find i usually have to fight to, for an opportunity to do because i still do enjoy doing it but uh yeah my day is usually filled with other things which i do enjoy doing i, I don't mind yeah. the fact that i evolved like that yeah that's it that's it. Just uh, go with the flow. I, I want to thank you because you uh, invited me on this mm. uh, show, and uh, you uh, you wanted you 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 really wanted to uh, expose what we do with Super yep. Sublime and to expose that important. project. And and I uh, thank you so much. Yeah, and I'm You're happy welcome. to see you. Because yes. it's been so long. <laughs> I know, I know. Like we were talking about this right before the stream. It's a guilty yeah. pleasure of both David and I. We well, a lot of people went up on the show is either uh, someone we both know or someone one of us knows, and it ends up being almost kind of like a reunion that people can publicly witness online, which is which yeah. is always which is always fun. Because uh, you know what? It's uh, if life is anything, it is a collection of the wonderful people you meet in it. So. Well, You're one of those wonderful so people, my friend. So we have to thank grab you for a bike or a mug or something soon. Yes, awesome. absolutely. We should absolutely do that. I'd love to catch up in person. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I don't see Richard coming back with a question. If Richard, you know where to find me, you can always pass it along and I can connect you and JF. Um, sounds like uh, you guys might have something that you could share um, um, yeah, intellectually please. there and um, yeah. I'll take care of that offline. Jeff, thank you very much. Good luck with the project. Yes. I'll make sure I, I I spread the word as far and as, as, as uh, many times as I possibly can. Um, and yeah, good luck with all of the, uh, the, the amazing things you're doing. Thank you. And, and pass my... Thank, pass my uh, my praise and my congratulations on to the whole team. Thank you. Yeah, I will. That's a good point. Yes. Cheers, Jeff. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, that was awesome. I'm super happy we were able to do that. I know it was definitely uh, a very different uh, stream than we're, than we're used to. Um, it wasn't obviously talking specifically about animation, although we did start talking a little bit about, you know, how he started with animation. But where we ended is obviously a very, very different place. And um, I think that that's... Um, that's uh, that's kind of somewhat fitting considering uh, his his story arc, and um, and I don't know. I really do encourage you to take a look at his work. Um, that 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 it's it's uh, it's super. I just I'm just I always get touched and inspired by people who can take technology um, that seems to be like something that's just for people that are like you know young and ambitious and but to, but to, you know instead of just making video games out of it, it's like doing something that's you know truly meaningful. And, and truly can have like, I'm not saying that video games don't have a meaningful impact on people's lives. There's a lot of games out there that are, that teach the same way that films teach very important lessons. I, I mean, I, it's, it's for sure the case, but, um, I don't know. I think that JF's dabbling with something here that, um, that, um, is a little next level in that area. And, um, I think I can see all the amazing things that that could evolve into. And, um, and it, it, besides in the meantime, while that evolves and as that progresses, uh, he's able to on a daily basis, affect people in a positive way. 
So I'm going to be closely following Jeff. Maybe we can bring him back someday down the road to see how that uh, how that road um, continues because I'm personally interested and hopefully some of you are going to be interested in that as well. So again, thanks, thanks Jeff. Thank you, chat, for being here. Um, we had two streams, uh, three technically, we had two conversations with and a... Um, and we had, uh, I don't know if you guys caught it, but we had a really fun Tuesday evening. I don't know if someone, I think some of you were there. It was, it got a little bit ridiculous. It was myself, David and Jacob. We played a mock debate round where we had, we all get to pick a bunch of controversial topics and then make two of the other people debate it. And we forced one, per, like forced, forced each of uh, each of the two people to, to argue the different sides of the debate. And it was always fun because someone was normally on the, the very different side of the debate that they would normally find themselves on in real life. And so we were kind of nervous as we were doing it because we were streaming it live and we didn't want people to just show up and be like, why are these people like, why would Brent be arguing for like, for that? That's ridiculous. We were just having fun. And um, uh, we all had, I think we were kind of surprised how much fun that was. So I think we'll probably bring that back and do that again. But um, by, by all means, let us know how you felt about that content because we had fun doing it. If you had fun watching it, then that would be uh, uh, the match made in heaven. We'll do more of it. Until next stream, I'll see you around. Stay animated and be safe out there. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.